and a good show. And this show is the reason why we do this. We like to make sure for posterity reasons that we have all these people telling their stories documented. So we get the truth out and it's always there for you to go back and reference. And that's why we have this thing called True House Stories. But before we start, of course, a little endorsement from Defected Records, Faith Magazine. I'm in it this month, along with Tony Humphreys, Barbara Tucker, and Don Welch Underground Network, Risa Garcia, House of Extravaganza, David DePino, a lot of stuff in this part to get to Defected. You'll see they have all these wonderful articles and a shameless plug of myself thank you very much when the younger me was around and it feels like a lifetime ago when i say it but i'm so glad and proud to be part of something so wonderful and thanks to defected and the whole crew wes saunders simon D dawson terry brown as aka terry farley simon patterson and all the rest for making sure to document all this information in print. Now, I will say this. Maybe sometimes, sometimes information could be somewhat cloudy, but you know what I always say? At least it's there for us to throw darts at. You know, you need the information because a lot of this stuff I'm learning. And unfortunately, as time is going on, we're losing good people. Or, you know, COVID had a wonderful thing of helping that along, doing what I call a, like a full clean out. And, you know, I would love to have gotten some of those people and some of those great interviews or just I wish I could have gone back in my time machine back in time, you know, and say, hey, let me let me go and get, you know, such and such like Larry Levan and Frankie Knuckles and all them. But, hey, what am I going to do? It is what it is. So, welcome to True House Stories. And good afternoon, good evening. I am Lenny Fontana. And of course, we like to talk about the UK, but now we're going to take the camera and go back across the pond, come to the United States of America, to the Midwest, place where house music was born and fortified by some great people. You know, we've we've as you all know, we've had Marshall Jefferson on the show as as our first guest and a godfather of house and there's so many to name, Maurice Joshua and others. But now we're taking our lenses and I'm going to talk to another brother in this game. And I'm going to say this in a very humble way. When others stopped, he decided to keep pushing on, meaning when the music changed, okay, EDM became the fad. He didn't see it any other way. He said, you know what? We're not closing these doors. We're going to keep going where other record labels felt, hey, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. He had the passion to say, nope, I see the vision from day one, and I'm not going to let this vision end here and end now. And that is Music Plant Records and this Chicago brother. We're going to bring to the stage talented DJ, producer, remixer, vocalist, entrepreneur, 
because that's important. You have to be able to wear many different hats. Record promoter, promotions man, DJ agent, you name it. He's probably touched it. With no further ado, I'd like to welcome the True House Stories, Mr. Georgie Porsche. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny! How are you? Good to see you, brother. Thank you, Georgie. Looking Thank great. You. Studio Thank looks you. wonderful. Look at uh -huh. you all. Uh, uh, look at the tan, the color going on you. Mwah. You look <laughs> beautiful, kid. Thank you. And we're welcoming you to the show. And of course, people are stepping up already, excited to hear what you have to say. And uh, yes, and a philanthropist he is. Yes, Georgie is a philanthropist. <laughs> Many people on the chat already saying hello to you. Um, and have Hello, a lot everybody. of love for you, of course, and, and I'm glad that you're on this show. We've been waiting to bring you on. I wanted to bring you on when I felt it's the right time. And I think you have a love to say and tell us and, and, and school us. So no more of me talking. We just want to ask the question because, because I know he's going to have a lot to talk about. All right. Talk me? I don't know how to talk. No. Let me get a swig of water because I know this is going to be the question that just goes. Here we go. So if you gave a paintbrush to someone, if I wanted to call you a Picasso, all right, so in a sense a Picasso or, you know, a painter, and no one paints their life better than themselves. So I want to go back to a time when you were younger, as a kid coming up, and how does music find you or you find the music? What brings you on this life path that you were chosen for? Going backwards. Um, it was really, if we're going to go all the way back, it was we were fortunate to, my father bought us a Vitrola. I know people are like, what is that? Something we were, we actually even had an A-track recorder. Don't ask me how, but it was God sent. And I found myself and I figured this out later, but in the beginning, there was a station called Disco DAI and I used to record it. And I didn't know that I was recording. I just was gravitated to this music. I gravitated to soulful music. I gravitated to songs with just great feelings. It was one of those things where it wasn't one of those things where you just, you know, wake up even to the point when I finally get in seventh, eighth grade and everybody else is rocking out. You know, I remember having a teacher, history teacher who says, anybody ever heard of Stevie Wonder? And my hand shot up and I was the only hand that went up and I was like, brought it down slowly. But then he's like, no, 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 you can leave your hand up. I was like, you know, Stevie Wonder? I said, yeah. He goes, what other groups? I said, Earth, Wind and Fire. And he's like, Okay. His brothers, wait a minute, this guy's different. Like, you know, and then he starts asking, what else? And I was like, oh, yeah, a lady named Donna Summer. And on and on. And he was just blown away. He was like, because everybody else in the classroom was like, who is he talking about? Like, it was, I was definitely speaking Chinese at that moment. But um, they were like, yo, this guy. And the teacher, and the funny part, we, we grew to have a bond later on as I became Georgie. But uh, at, that's where it starts. And it starts from the love of music. It was, And it's always been the love of music. Even today, when people ask me, what is it, George? Music. I love music. I've always loved it. It runs through my veins. And it fills my spirit up. Uh, so from there, it went on to... Um, I went out to my brother's party. He used to throw these big, big parties. And uh, I walked in and there was a DJ there. And I was completely, I was 
you could have thrown everything at me that night. And I was just staring at this little Newmark mixer that had the, I don't know if you remember the Newmark mixer that had the, the pin thing that would go outwards. It would, the, the, the pulse meter, whatever you want to call it, was just a little thing went like this. And I was watching this guy on this thing and it was in a little wooden box. It wasn't even, it was a standalone little mixer. It wasn't in a case. And he had his little 1200s there and I was just mesmerized. And I was like, wow. Okay. And I watched how people reacted. And every time he played a record, they'd go crazy. And I was like, okay, that looks like that could be a thing. And then we started to, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out how, because we, we were, you know, I always tell people we were, we were so poor. We, we'd have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. And basically we went on and uh, I said, I'm going to get a job by 13. George was working. I was going to find a way to buy the, the stuff that I couldn't buy. I was going to buy records and I was lying to people telling them, yeah, I'm 16 years old. Yes, I can work. But I went on and did it. And then um, I bought the records. I started buying records. And then finally I saved enough to buy that mixer. I was going to buy that exact mixer. And the guy behind that mixer was a guy named Mickey Mixon Oliver, who was a part of the Hot Mix 5. And I went on and uh, convinced my sister. I said, listen, I need to get this mixer. She's like, you can't go to this. You're not going downtown. I was a kid. And she's like, you're not going. I was like, I, if you do not take me, I will be going. I will find a way to go there and I'm buying this mixer. So she finally said, okay, I'll take you. So we went, I bought the mixer. I bring it back. And I said, you just wait. We're going to have some turntables for you in a minute. I just got to save up some more money. And we went from there to building, to buying music. And that's where the bug had bit. And then it became, you know, doing friends parties. And from friends parties, it built into starting to say, you know what? And when you said entrepreneur, it started earlier for me. I mean, I wanted to, I would want to throw parties and, you know, I'd go in and take over a, a restaurant's banquet hall and just throw whatever type of parties. I mean, it was toga parties to whatever I could do to get people to come out from high school. And then I had a friend named Bert who was awesome. And he would bring me cassettes and he'd be like this, this is a new record by Jamie Principal. It's a cold world or I can't remember if it was a cold world or one of his other ones. And I'd be like, oh my God, what is this? And he's like, it's house music. And I'm like, wow, wow. Just floored by it. And then it was time to go buy music. And everybody's called, talk about these stores, but they used to always talk about this imports, et cetera. It's down an alley and you're going to go down this alley and it's going to be in a garage. It's going to be a parking garage. People park their cars, but to the left of it is going to be a small little store. And I went in there and slowly walked in there and was, forget it. You won't fall in love. It was like, wow home of house. I mean, you had it all in your hands. And then as this is going on, you know, I'm going to, you can, we'll, we'll jump around, but so you're go, you're, you're buying the records and I'm not trying, I'm trying to give you guys cliff notes of this. I don't want to, I don't want this to become a six hour show. Georgie, I want to ask you a question. Sure. The demographic of your high school, where you went, where did you grow up in Chicago? First of all, I grew up on the North side, but I went to Lane tech. So when I walked into school, where every kid usually used to go in and it'd be white or white and Hispanic. I walked in Lane Tech, which 
the see the freshman class walking in was 1800 people just the freshman class so think about that so the school has about 5000 people there so it's a multicultural place so when i walked in it was no, you know i asked that question because yeah. when you said the stevie wonder thing i'm thinking well if everyone's looking at you if you had you know a, a major puerto rican or or say a black demographic or they would know those records, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and so that's I was curious. Yeah, but no, when I went to grammar school, it was all white. It oh, okay. Was, that's like that. grammar, that's school, like... grammar school was all white. It was a few. I'm not going to say a few Hispanics, a few blacks. It was not until high school where I walk in and it's it's overwhelming. Like you have everybody, and I was raised a whole different way. So George, by senior year, was in every group. I'm talking about. I was in the Black Student Union and I was in the Hawaiian Club. I was in. I mean, picture day. I just sat downstairs and said, "Okay, bring them next. The next group, come on, move them in." And then you'd open up the you'd open up the uh, high school. Uh, what they call it? The 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 book where they put all the pictures in at the end of the year. And I was literally, it was page after page after page. And he'd be like in everything. And, and I was, I, I call it, I was the sunshine in black student union. Cause I was the only white guy there, <laughs> but you know, my friends like a bird and, 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 uh, and all my other friends, they really, cause we all, I didn't live in that world. I lived in this world of, you know, love and love everybody for who they are and what they are. And, and it really was great because it opened me up for what I wanted to do. Cause I knew, house music was was love it really is is and it's been that that's why you don't hear about too many you don't ever hear about a house party and people shooting people up and it's you don't hear about none of that stuff why because it's a place of love the most they want to do is they want to get high they want to get drunk and have sexual relations after but that's usually what happens <laughs> but let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the experience of you going down that that alleyway and walking into import Imports, etc. So I, so I go into imports, etc. And all of a sudden, and I'll walk you to where, you know, I get to meet the Ron Hardys and the Frankie Knuckles. So I go into this place called imports, etc. And the world will come in here. And uh, the, the different people worked there. Charles worked there, if I can remember correctly. Chippy at one point worked there. And, and the list goes on. And uh, so I'm walking in there. and. Uh, Mark Valise, I just remembered his name. Mark worked there. And you'd walk in there and they would just, you would, you might have walked in there to buy one record and you walked out with, you'd spent $150, $200 on records because you, and you were buying, and back then we bought doubles. We, there was no buying one, you bought two. And I bought tons of records and I would bring them home and, and it was incredible. And the big thing we did is we really did play the music that we purchased. But the, the one thing I have to tell you, it was the culture. You walked in that little store was so much. It was, if you really asked me what store really birthed it, it would be that store. It would be, it, yes, Gramophone is out there hanging out. And yes, there's Rose Records. And yes, but the place where you ran, because you knew they had, they were going to have the first copy of la la, 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 like this, or, you know, Jack Your Body, or they, they got it first. And if you can make it down there, and you became friends with everybody, they'd hide you that little copy for you. They'd be like, George, I want to keep you one copy for right now. But 
we got you one copy of this. And so that love became from there. And then I started to say, okay, I'm going to play out the more. And I started doing parties and, 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 and really bringing them in. And I always broke new music. And we were, and, and remember, we were still in that time where house is out there. Freestyle is out there. Disco is out there. It's all out there. And we really, this whole segmented thing, we, I'd never looked at it. We just played music. I'd walk in and I would play a freestyle record at my party, but I'd also play house music and I would play a disco record. But the we were just playing great music. And 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 I if you really want to tie that together, that's what Ron did. That's what Frankie did. Ron, I walked into uh at the box playing synchronicity, the police. And people don't understand that they always want to make everything into, well, no, it had to be. No, he literally went into synchronicity the police and you people would lose it and it was a place where you'd walk in and well you want house music if you want the real back of it guy walked in there he would walk in he'd have his little he'd have his record cases milk crates okay he'd have the the lamp and i'm not lying a lamp from home up on the thing his little reel to reel and he'd play all night long and played and every dj Everyone, we're not going to name names, were there with paper and pen, including myself. So I'm not going to exclude myself because when Ron played something, he played it. He played it for 6, 12, 14. If he liked the record, he'd go right back into it again. So the thing would go and right back in again. And yeah, and I'll say this, you know, Ron was not your most technical DJ. But Ron could play music that would blow you away. And they all came to listen to it. I mean, I give him credit for let the music pump you up. You know, I got signed to Warner Brothers on that one record. And I'm jumping forward, but I want to go back to Ron. I can't remember giving out the record to everybody. It's like, eh, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Ron, can you play it for me? Yeah, Georgie. He loved it. Beat it down. The next weekend... Everybody on the radio. George, you didn't give me that mix. Yeah, I, that's right. I, I took that version off the vinyl. You're you're right. You're absolutely right. And all of a sudden, everybody was playing Let the Music Pump You Up. And then all of a sudden, a guy named Daniel Poku from Danny D, D-Mob, is calling me from England to sign me. And I'm jumping forward. We'll go back again. That's fine. Go, go ahead. It's Are you sure? Perfect. Keep going. Okay. okay. Well, no, it's and I'll 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 go back. We'll go we'll, we'll go forward later Everybody, on. Everybody, he's talking about a man named Donson Danny D. <laughs> Donson. Danson. He brought you Dean. Kathy brought, Dennis and all you, those records. We call it acid and all that. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, but going backwards, I mean, let's say back in Chicago. So in Chicago, it was about developing. And I was literally out there doing my shows. And then became friends with the with Julian Jump Perez and Bad Boy Bill, but Bad Boy Bill was just a protege, sitting in the in, in the thing. But became friends with everybody, and you know met the Mickeys, the Kennys, the Ralphies, and on and on and on and on. And would go out and celebrate everybody. I mean, it was on a time where you, the clubs were popping. There was none of this three hundred people, two hundred people. You got three thousand people showing up to a club on a night. Five thousand people showing up to a club, packed. I mean, you, there wasn't a club in the city where you couldn't go. And then I was started to do my own parties and people started to come. And I'm now packing like, I'm taking out the Marriott downtown and it's like 7,000 people showing up. 
So one thing, yeah, his eyes just went completely up. 7,000 people showing up. And then there was a little, before Navy Pier became Navy Pier, there was a boat called the SS Clipper. And it was glued, cemented to the thing. And George being the, I'm going to try something different, went down and said to the guy, look, I want to throw parties on your boat. And he's like, we don't throw parties on your boat. I said, we're going to start throwing them now. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, it's a gate. Now, mind you, Navy Pier, what is beautiful now, was where they used to house all the floats. So imagine a, just a gate, a big old gate going all the way down the pier to the left with this these warehouses that all the floats were in for all the, all the different things. And just a, a, a trailway that led to this boat that people would just get on and pay a few dollars so they can experience this boat that's been cemented to the thing. And I was like, well, on the weekends, you're not making any money. Let me take over the boat. Let me throw parties here. Okay, put bars up. You'll sell. I'll bring my music. I want to charge at the door. Well, they lined up again and they came to the pier. And that kept on happening and happening. And all of a sudden, I'd become friends with Julian. Julian was on the radio. And I kept on saying, man, just give me a guest spot. Let me have, I'll take the last hour, dude. I Give me the last one. And I kept on beating him and, and God loved Bill because Bill he had, because Bill was his protege he had put Bill on, but we had become such tight friends. And I mean, I really and still love Bill. The, we were very tight and love Julian too. Um, so Bill has started beating him up, put him on. He got more people come to his parties and we got come to our parties. So next me and no, they said, okay. And then the number shot through the roof because hello, the last hour, would be what? The biggest hour, because what is everybody doing? They're leaving the club and George is on the radio. So on the way home, while you all the rest of these guys are playing, the people are in the club. So when they're leaving to go out, they're listening to Georgie. And I'm pulling massive shares in the middle of the night. And But George was also going to the radio and sitting with um, Jim Rags, I think his name. And I'm sitting there going, okay, teach me. Teach me. I want to know. What are ratings? What is this? How does this work? And he's popping this. He's just giving me the ratings left and right. So as this is all happening, I'm getting to meet everybody, going to record stores, buying records, going to Rose Records. And this guy says to me, Georgie, come and join my pool. You don't have to pay me because you're on the radio. I just want you to come and join my pool. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Cool. Put me down. So hello? Did I, I just lost Oh, I'm sorry. No, my, 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 my screen decided to go. I'm no, watching you, and all of a sudden, my screen decided to go to, to darkness for darkness, a second. There. Darknesses, <laughs> darknesses. <laughs> so, 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 the, so let's pick up where you left off. So, you said the record pool. Who was the record pool that wanted you? It was um, a guy named, I, I want to say his name. What was his name? He, he worked at Rose Records. I, it's going to come to me. And he's like, Georgie, come and join my record pool. And I'm like, where's the record pool? And mind you, the record pool was all the way up north. So in my mind, I'm like, yo, it's, it, I don't know what type of pool this is going to be. You know, who knows? But again, being free-spirited and let's go. So I walk in and here they march in. A guy named Frankie Knuckles walks in the door and I'm like, and a guy named Ron Hardy, and on, and all of their circles. 
So all of the key guys Farley, are in this Farley are, Jackmaster, right? All, all in this pool. Everybody's in this pool. And I'm, I won't even go into Farley. I'm talking about the Frankie Ron Hardy Southside click is all the way up on Harlem and the Kennedy, which is all it's five minutes from the airport. From the south side, they're all in this one office and we're meeting because back then pools really met and they really played music and they talked about what they were going to support. And I become friends with all of them, with every last one of them. I mean, to the point I got to play with Ron because the part the pool would throw parties and the guy would say, Georgia, you could come and play too. And I'm like, Ron's playing on that night. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Okay, so I got to work, get to get to play with Ron, not at the box, but at the parties like they would do parties on the north side and uh, and got to meet Frankie and became friends with him before the world got to the whistle song and all that happens where he moves to New York. This is way before that. So I got to know him as just Frankie from the record pool. And we just but George kept on driving between the the whole entire uh doing parties getting on the radio uh busting my butt we 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 slowly gradually get up to a place where it was cool to you know the DJs had to make records now because people like Hurley you know was making these big ass records and there's a, this first record label and I call it the first one and I want to say one thing about how I really want to cover this in this in this whole thing cuz this this show is called True House Stories I really want to put one thing to rest. There are many founders of house music. There are many people who led, led it. But there are many people who've carried the torch after. And I'm going to give you an analogy. If the Ford, the, the, the car Ford was made and they made the first Ford, we're not driving that first Ford anymore. It's now it's, it's 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 electric and it you press a button and doors open and things fly open. We don't get to this fort because there's some other engineer that made it press a button. We needed the first guy to put that engine in and those four wheels. But nobody would be driving that four today because it would never last on the highway. It wouldn't even make it down the highway. People would be zooming past it. So remember this. There are founders and nobody needs to take anything away from, and there's plenty of them. And we can, we can debate the order of Ron versus Frankie and Frankie versus Ron. And then, and Larry LeVan. No, we're not going to do that because that's just wasting time and energy. They were all there. The Rocky Jones, stop it. He was the first label who, and this is a key thing, he was a vessel, just like Frankie was a vessel, just like Ron was a vessel, just like Larry LeVan was a vessel, just like Glenn Frischer was a vessel. Glenn has has made more careers. I mean, when you look at, and I'm, I'm bringing it forward, you look at something like a Glenn Frischer. David Morales is not on the radio without a Glenn Frischer. Frankie Knuckles is not on the radio without a Glenn Frischer. Even though Frankie was at the beginning of something, you don't get on New York radio. Unless somebody the name of Glenn Frischer anoints you and tells the program director, let's give him a slot. I mean, we can go deep. Wendy Williams, Funkmaster Flex. Uh, uh, what's her name? She has a big show now and she's massive. Uh, not Wendy. There's another host. Glenn put so many people on. So the only reason why I bring up somebody like a Glenn and a Rocky and different people 
Because people want to always go back and say, oh, no, but this guy, he's the one that did it all. No. There are people who started something and there's people who carry torch. I like to call myself the torch runner of life because I've been running the torch forever. You know, from the time they gave it to me when I got on the radio to making my first record to 2023, May 17th at 1.30 p.m., I'm still running that torch and doing new engineering to our car so it can keep running and be viable in today's market. I know you want to say something. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. You want to jump in or you just, okay. I want to just clarify something. Go for it. We have soldiers in our game. Antonio J. Humphreys with his 98-point Kiss Master Mix, the Hot Mix 5. All these guys broke these records. Tony Humphreys, I got to give a lot of credit because Tony ran records so early. Nobody else was playing that stuff. He launched so many careers because of his show. And And Frisher, of course, Scott Black. Can I tell you something? something? And and let me tell you something. I agree 100%. I'm not naming them all because it's hard. impossible. Tony Humphreys, Jesus Christ. Tony broke. Let the music pump you up for me on radio in there. When I walked into the thing, I'll give you you guys a funny one. I walk in. and, And the biggest thing is because I sang on the records, a lot of people thought, the soulful voice, they're like, it can't be a white boy. Cannot. I'll give you a great story about Bob, Bob and Steve, but we'll we'll go back over the pond in a minute. But Tony, I walked in the thing and he was just looking at me like, nah, can't be this guy. No way. No, we're, we're I can see Tony's face. face looking like I swear to God, because Leslie Joy walked me in, you know, Leslie, oh my God, come over here. This is Georgie. Oh my God. You know, they're, they're, and she walks me in to meet him, and he is just you're the guy that did the record? You're the guy that did the record? There's no way. It was, the funny part was, I'll give you the same story. I go, I go over the pond and somebody books, you know, agent brings me in to do Bobby and Steve's show. And he's standing behind me. And they're like, we got Georgie coming in. It's going to be great. It's going to be incredible. Oh my God, Georgie. When, and he looks at the the guy behind the, the agent. He goes, when is he coming? What and time is Georgie getting here? And he's pointing down at me. And he's like, he's here. and he's like this, get out of here. Georgie's not white. There's absolutely no way that Georgie is white. I know y'all, do you like my English accent? My, my, my people from London, I love y'all. You're doing go. good. And you know, I got to send a bunch of shouts out for everybody because you know, they're all watching. So I got to shout them out. We're going to shout out. We'll do a little station, little things so I can shout everybody out. But um, I said, I go. Remember everyone, don't cane him for the English accent. It's a good replication. <laughs> So lovely, lovely. It's lovely, Georgie. It's lovely. Right, Andy? It's lovely. Because Andy, I, I tease him all the time, but lovely. So no, so I go there and they're like, there's no way. So they just pot up and they go, we say, they say that Georgie's in the studio. Okay, mate, if you are Georgie Porgie, sing right now. And I started singing and they're like, oh my God, Georgie is white and it was the funniest shit and that happened over and over anyway so that that's a side story so back to, to the whole house music there were so many people who carried tony humphreys god love him um uh, uh uh my my english people i'm going blank on the people right now uh who was it that did Paul the- trouble Paul yes. Trouble Anderson, uh, who was on BBC that broke all the house music in the beginning? Danny Rampling. Danny Rampling. Absolutely. 100%. If there was no Danny, there's no Georgie. 
and I'm, I'm, there's many other people you would say there's no of, but Danny Rampling, oh my God, you know, the Pitongs played it, but the, the Dannys started it. The Tony Humphrey started it. The, the Glenn Frisha started it. You know, the, the, the Larry Levans, the, uh, all the different people I'm naming, these Ron Hardys, these were people that were out there doing it and the Frankies, you know, so I don't want to take ever anything for it because I love Frankie. He was a dear friend. I adored him. He had, I, whenever we saw each other, let me tell you something, the hugs, we would talk the whole nine yards. So I loved him. And then the David Morales is there's so many people that have been at the yourself, uh, the Terry Hunters. There's so many people who really busted their butt to do this. So anyways, back to Chicago. So we're, 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 I'm out there doing records. And then it was time. I was like, okay, the records are doing really well. But George, isn't a compliment when they think you sound like a black man and you're not black? Is that something that blow you away? That is the most beautiful compliment in the world. I used to come home and ask my mother. I'm like, okay, come on, tell the truth. Who? Dad, not my dad. Like, what? What? What happened? Where? Did, where did this voice come from? Because it and it and and it, since you. So wait a minute. So wait. So just to, let's get the reenactment because this is a legacy moment. In the Bobby and Steve Kiss in the Kiss Studio, what did you do? They said, "All I right, I wanted to sing. I really, I just broke what, out. What, 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 what did you sing? The music pump you up. Uh, let the music pump you up. Don't stop till you get enough. Just let your body go. This is the record that Danny D signed. Daniel right. And then all of a sudden they were like this. Like the oh mouth, they were all, and they said that they said that Georgie, Georgie's white. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. It was Classic really moments in house music. I love it. All right. So we're back to Chicago again. So now your life is starting to take off and you have the, the deal with the, with the record label and you're running around now. So you're getting a different. It's, it's really, it's, it's overnight. It is literally like somebody turned on every single light. That's the best way for me to describe it. All of a sudden, you go from being this kid who's just trying to get all you're trying to do is listen. When I when when I made my first record, I'll go backwards. All I was trying to do is get paid more money for my DJ gigs. That was it. There was that was the that was the we were going for. If we can go from three hundred to five hundred. We're good. You know, like, wow, we're going to get more money for booking because I'm Georgie who has records out. But never in my wildest dreams did I think by like, what is it? Baby, come back. Let the music. What? Do you remember? Third or fourth song in Warner Brothers calling. And I and, and, and this is a great story. So I, I hang up on him. Daniel Poku goes, hello, Cheerios, whatever. He goes, Georgie. Love to sign your record. And I'm like, this is Danny D. Now, mind you, I'm a, at that point, I'm playing everything that this guy's doing. There's not a record. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a fan. You'd have no idea. And here he is calling me. And I'm like, there's no way. So I'm like, hello, this is Daniel Poku. I'm Danny D. I said, yeah. And I'm the president of the United States. Click, hung up the phone on him. Because he goes, I'm so sorry. The line got disengaged. I said, I said, oh, we're going to keep this whole little English thing going. Wow, that's pretty cool. I said, you're, you're a comedian, aren't you? He goes, Mate, I'm Daniel Danny D. And I'm like, yes. And like I told you before, I am the president of the United States. Huacata hung up on him again. He called me, goes, Have you lost your mind? And I said, I'm like, he goes, What's going on? I said, Are you really him? And he goes, Yeah, I'm really Danny D. And I'm like, 
what do you want? He goes, you have a massive record here. I want to sign it. And I'm like, where's here? And he goes, the UK. And I'm like, okay, wow. This is really like, wow. I'm like, how do, I wanted to say so badly. I want to say, how'd you get my record? Because I had no clue that I was walking over to Gherkin. God love him. I can't think of Gherkin. It was a distribution. Or, or Cap Exports. I'm trying to remember these names. And I'm walking over and selling them records. I don't know that they're shipping it to another country. You're thinking it's just staying in Chicago. I'm you're thinking that they're going to and you're going New York. You think it's just staying in the neighborhood, right? Let me tell you something. When I walk in, when I walk in, it, I'll give you a story. When I walk into New York and how I met Harry Towers, and I really thought he was put up because the whole time I'm just in the grind. But not, why do you think now you're getting taken from everybody? Did something happen pre to that that you play a joke on that you're having this feeling where you think people are running you, you know? No, I'm going to tell you what it is, is I just didn't expect Lenny all again. I was just trying to make a record. I was making a record so I can make more money DJing. All right. So <laughs> how much? All right. So give me take us into the position of you're a guy that's starting this out to, before this record gets signed. How much it cost you? Who was in room with the record to do this record? This, this so record. so it cost me. So let's go to let the music. We'll move up to let the music pump you up because there's yeah, other. This, records yeah, that's the record that, that, that oh, got. So that opens it up. So I go. Um, there's a guy named. It's killed. I'm sorry. I'm forgetting these names. Studio. I can only afford so much now. So the studio is about forty dollars, forty five dollars an hour, but. It's like 167th Street. It's I'd have to pack a lunch, a, 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 some some underwear and everything because it's literally Carajo. It's nowhere near my house. It's literally on the other side of the world. How long did it take you? So how long did it take you to get there? From An where you hour or hour, hour and fifteen minutes, hour and a half. Because oh, why? God he, help he us. He had he had a, he had a mixing console. He had a good price, and that's what I could afford. So George gets in the car takes his little SP-1200 and his little EPS that he had made a little track on and shows up and says, I want to record this. And we did this over and over until the record was done. And then all of a sudden, we're like, everybody's like, I want to do a mix on this. Because I did a lot of people in the beginning were like, I want to do a mix. I'm like, okay, do a mix. But when I made this record, again, I am in the DJ mode. I mean, if you really went back to the original, it has sirens in the beginning. It's... It sounded like it was an opening of, of a DJ set. Like it, that's what it really sounded like. But the record went in and it and it was called Let the Music Pump You Up. And it just went. So, and this is pretty cool because it goes out wrap around something very cool that happens. So I go make the record. I go press it up. Credit card. I tried to get it signed. I tried to get my record signed in the beginning. People were like leaving me in the leaving leaving me in the hallways. Georgie, <laughs> and, tell yeah. them the year that this is. Nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety, somewhere around there. Everybody, let me say it real clear. Nineteen hundred and eighty nine. Yeah, the long in, in in our game. It does. It feels like yesterday. But in the reality, it's a long, long time ago. It is. And that's why I'm not remembering all these names. This is a long time. So I go in and uh, I, I make the record. I press the record because I was playing my records for people. And they kept on telling me, nah, 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 no, thank you. And I was like, whatever. So I, I didn't give up on the hope. They were mean back then. Pass. Get out. 
They were saying, nah, let's get out of here with that. No, they crushed me harder than that. Somebody who I've become dear to. They were mean mean back then. They left me, one left me in the lobby for, uh, I would say, two hours and never took the meeting for me. And another one came down and said, hey, by the way, he left a while ago. Yeah. (laughs) So. And, but the funny it's part, the funny, the, 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 now, if you went back to that kid, Georgie, he was crushed. Oh, my God, crushed. But this man today can tell you it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Best thing that ever, ever happened to me because it made me have to go what? Go press it myself. So all of a sudden, I'm learning a business. I mean, when I say learning a business, you guys, when I pulled up to imports for the first time to go and sell them a record. I walk in and say, would you buy some of my records? And and God love them because I spent so much money. He goes, yeah, I'm going to buy some of your records. So I, I, he brings in, he goes, give me an invoice. And I said, invoice? Uh-huh. What's an invoice? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, put a piece of paper, put your name at the top, put a number, put a date, put the amount, you're, you know, like lay it out. He told me how to lay it out. Walked in the car, got a piece of paper, wrote it up, walked back in. Gave him a box of records, gave me money. I said, okay, this is cool. Wait a minute now. I like this. So I drove to the next store and on and on and on. So that's how the, the birth of the record, you know, and, and when people, you know, when I say a lot of times when I say longest running dance label in the world it's, and then people are like, oh no, but this, no guys, if, if I tab on all the rest of the labels, because tr- truthfully I am behind KA records, uh, nightclub records when I became partners with LNR work it to the bone people uh gary wallace uh and his his label and i had tempest we created distribution so that then vibe music and then forward all the way forward so if you tap them all if we want to tap them all together we get there we just want to start from vibe forward we're still there too as as being out there and i sold records i went out there and just sold them and you said that to me because now i'm glad you said that because Rick Rick pressed up, made my got me my first record deal, Rick Lenore, and that's 1988, 89, around that time. Yeah, it might have been on um, Lenny, and I won't be surprised if it was was it on Eleanor's label? Yeah, it was on, on House Jam on his House, label. House Jam. There you go. And yeah. at one point, so me and these guys, uh, I had met them and become friends with them. And we're sitting at the New York New York seminar in New York, Manhattan, at the Marriott Marquis, and I turned to them. I said, we're never going to get paid because back then you had to have one record to have another record to have another record. I said, we're constantly struggling to get the next invoice out to get paid on records. And that. Why was that? You have to explain that, Georgia, because people okay. don't understand what that means. I know what that means. Yeah, no. Okay. So basically what happened was, so back then records were sold like this, guys. It would be, you'd, you'd sell to a distribution like, like Unique, Donna Russo. And you would sell to her and then you would, um, you would, you would sell to somebody like a Donna. There you go. There is a picture of Donna. There's a picture of Donna. Gloria, about the time you're working with her. Wow. Look at that. That's, that's our studio at 161 East Grand. Wow. Look at that picture. So, so you would sell to somebody like Donna Russo and, and in order to get your next invoice paid, to cover whatever was sold. So let's say you went, you sold them 500 copies, but only 300 got paid. They wanted to make sure because they used to do returns. They wanted to make sure that they're not paying you on something. You're not going to have another record. So if you kept the cycle going, then the money kept on flowing and the money kept on flowing. That's why some labels had 
you know, had hundreds and hundreds of releases constantly going because they needed the cycle to go on to get paid on the next one. In other words, to get paid on one, you have to have number two. To get paid on two, you have to number three. So we weren't pumping enough by, I wasn't pumping enough by myself. LNR wasn't pumping enough by themselves. Gary wasn't pumping. So I sat up in a room with these guys said, let's go back and create a distribution company and we'll create a label that's ours altogether. And, and we'll poop it and that'll help. And the birth of, that's how we got offices. And that's how we get, we were able to build studios together. And that, at that point, that's how we get nightclub records, which is some people don't even know, but like black tracks, all the black tracks, your mind is going crazy. If Papa do, if sound familiar. Yeah. It, that was my boy. That was me doing that stuff. That plus uh, the, the, the voice that does the, your mind is going is, is, is uh, Larry, Larry Thompson. And then each guy would make his own little tracks. Ricky would make his, Gary, would, and we would put the little six of them together. And that's how you got black tracks, black tracks, volume one, two, three. And so that's how we kept on things going on that end. Well, while that's all happening and records are going out, George is still in the grind of like, okay, touring, going back to, so we get to Warner Bros. We get signed, the lights go on, like I told you guys, and I am touring i'm waking up one morning and i'm in england the next night i'm in 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 paris the next night i'm in switzerland and it's really happening and the one thing that was happening that was kind of beyond for me was these records were going pop for me they were not just going they weren't just big club records all of a sudden i'm doing the main so in other words i'd go in and do a bobby and steve party and then all of a sudden i'm going from bobby and steve's party to go do something really, really like a big pop club with 5,000 people in it waiting. So I was going back and forth through all that other stuff. And that kept on cycling and happening. So as I'm growing this, and a lot of people will under, well, this is a good place to, to explain to people. A lot of people would be like, oh, no, Georgie's pop now. No, Georgie was always house. <laughs> right here. See it? It's right here. I am house. But why, but why did they say Georgie's pop? Because I'd gone because because I'd become popular. See, everybody wants to take pop and make it into a genre. It's not a genre. It's just popular. Records become popular and they become so much popular. So I was able to cut through where other people couldn't cut through, where maybe your record would go out and it became really big in the clubs and you got on the club charts and that was the end of it. But I was able to always break the barrier, even with records that come later. I've kept and back to keeping the label going. I kept that little wheel turning and kept it turning and kept it turning. Cause I was like, even though I was signed to Warner brothers, I was like something in the back of my head said, just leave this go, keep it going. And that's how all of a sudden I'm, getting signed. And then people like a Terry Hunter approaches me. He says, I want you to manage me. And I'm like, get out of here. I'm not managing anybody. I'm not doing it. What do you want me to manage? No way. And it, it was constantly, when you asked me that question before, it was like, Georgie, why were you always like, it felt like, because it wasn't real to, I was just going out to be Georgie. Just that's it. Make a record, make some money, do what I love to do. And people are really noticing it. I mean, and they're noticing it to the point where they're now starting to call for remixes and I'll bring it upwards where, you know, we're starting to do different people. And then a guy named Frank Sorello, Frank Sorello, <laughs> do you want to do his voice or are we going to leave it there? We'll leave it there. So Frank calls me, Georgie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So Frank calls me and this is moving forward because remixes are coming in. Um, I had uh, started a new company 
which was Vibe. Uh, the the thing I did with my guys, the, with what I had with Nightclub Records, it came to an end. Like everything else in life, there's there's chapters, and you have to move on. Love, all love, Gary, Ricky, Larry, nothing but love. Moved on, created this thing called Vibe Music, and uh, brought in at the time somebody who I was watching and helping and and taking care of and being a part of, which was Maurice. And we 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 start this. And we went out there and uh, people like Connie V and uh, Xavier Joshua and Matt Rivera and Cindy, Cindy Lopez and Terry comes along with me to this, to this venture. I kept on managing him. Uh, that's how you get Aaron, Aaron Smith, UBQ, uh, the list goes on. And now, oh, I forgot one small thing. Going back to the Let the Music Pump You Up. So Danny, I get signed. Danny calls me and goes, there's these guys out of New York. They're really great. You should give them a chance. Let them do a remix on your record. I'm like, who are they? He's like, they, they call themselves masters at work. And I said, wow. I said, send it to me. Let me hear what, they, what they're doing. And they send me masters at work. And I said, you know what? Yeah, let's put them on. Let's, let's hire them. Let's put it on. And they send me something. And I, <laughs> the first one, I was like, no, 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 senor. This is not hitting. Tell them to go back on again. And they did it again. And they, incredible mix on it. And so those things start to happen. And I only reason bring up something like a master's at work and getting them, you know, I don't know if it was their first one or one of their earliest mixes on a major, because it might've been more. I don't remember and I don't recall, but I know I was a part of that. So, um, yeah, I think it's around the same time Mark Anthony gets signed to Atlantic. It was yeah. around same era mm -hmm. early 90s and, and, and they come that comes after because i remember the whole mark anthony coming after but anyway so warner brothers i'm still doing the records i start this other label we're, we're creating this we're moving we're, we're we're now we're really starting to i, I really am starting getting a gist on the business and understanding it and you get people coming at you left right and center and the mixes are coming in and then back to the story about frank so frank calls me and he's like and we had to develop such a great friendship with him and relationship. And he's like, look, I want you to remix Michael Jackson. Now that's not the real Michael Jackson, it's a picture I got, gave me. but I got to meet, I got to meet the real Michael Jackson, but I really needed, I, when we saw that picture, I was like, if I'm going to tell this story, let Mike be, this is the only picture I have with a impersonator, Mike, but I got to really meet him, meet him. So I, um, but I got to meet him in a whole different way. It wasn't even through music. Um, it was because of music, but it wasn't doing during the mixes stuff. So I get to, um, uh, he calls me, he's like, I want you to pick which remix you want to do when we're going to do a remixes of all of, of all the stuff. And I'm like, okay, so what's left? And he goes, what do you mean? What's left? And I said, Oh, I know you've called everybody and gave everybody a remix. He goes, no, you're first pick. I was like, wow. Cause at the time vibe was just on fire. We were just doing everything. We were doing the Dina Carols. We were doing everything. Maurice was on fire, doing really well. He had come out of that whole ID thing. It wasn't even ID. It was um, that whole Hurley thing. They all that had, had had come to a chapter and end. And I and I and I'll say this. There you go. There was Maurice. That's there, that there, right. Wow. Wow. Well, there you go. There's Jelly Bean. That's exactly. That's exactly the era. Harry G. Harry G. Yep. Connie. Uh, our brother there, look at him. Teddy oh, Douglas. Yep. Teddy. Boys. Yep. Jelly Bean, Jelly Bean. Wow. Jelly so, bean. Face, so, and look at me. 
look at Georgie. Georgie's got to look like, look, you know that look, Georgie? You look like the immigrant. You know the immigrants that came on the side? I look like you came off the boat. So uh we're gonna have to at one point I gotta I, I know this this chat is really blowing up, so I want to make sure I, I send some hellos to everybody. So um let's make sure we get it clear and clear now. We need to stop you all asking him to say hi to you because it stops his train of thought. This is a historical show. Get your pen and papers out. Write your love letters later. This is let me, let me do this. Right. Hi, Karen. Hi, Nate. Hey, Andy. Hey, Sean. Hey, Stefano. How are you, Andrea? Gina, Donna, Lewis, Rocky, BTQ, Glenn, Marlon, Eddie, Gary from UK. Bro. Okay. We will go back to all you guys. Okay, back to the story. Georgie, so, it's like, wait a minute. We got a caller on line three at B97. Let's <laughs> let Georgie tell the story because otherwise he's going to get, he gets, you know, he's getting into the juicy stuff now. The meat so, so I basically go out and I am, um, so the records are out. We're doing really well. I get the Michael Jackson call and I'm blown away that they want to pay us to do it now. That they literally, literally are going to pay us to do Michael Jackson. And this is still around the time I'm still with LNR because the call comes in and I'm like, no, I definitely want to do it with the boys. I want to definitely, I want them to be part of it because I've always been about what came to me. I wanted to share with everybody. I didn't want it to be about me. So if somebody goes to go find it on the anniversary and says four on the floor mix, that's the four on the floor mix that me and the guys did. And I, we were all a part of it and I brought people in, but the call came to me because, uh, again, I had become friends with him. And, and remember I'm having another portion of success out there. I mean, I'm having this and I'm, I'm not taking it away from anything, but when these records are going pop, it brings a whole nother light to you instantaneously that some people might walk past. Because they're looking, remember, the Frank Sorellos and all the, are in the same prism as everybody else. They're looking from the same eyeglass. Oh, my God, he's on the radio. Oh, he's doing this. He's on the show here. He's doing this. He's doing the BBC. He's going here. He's going to do radio. So that's happening. So um, we did the four on the floor mix. But don't forget, everybody, at the same time around this time, Crystal Waters changed the game and house music really hits radio in America. And it's just about timing. And that, and then they do so that at that point. So we That's do the Bruce remix. Carbone at that time, Bruce Carbone. Exactly. Time. So we do the we do the thing, and then you're right. At right after that point, ushers in Crystal CC. So all these people are starting to get on radio too now, and they're starting to come in. A lot of people have no clue that Georgia was taken taken access to the door by himself. Right. I was going to B90. When he says B96 or GCI, I used to sit in the hallways by myself with a bunch of major labels. And he'd be like, oh, my God, get away from us with this damn house. I mean, I'll go backwards. I I'm walking to places and, and doing these type of things, what we're doing right now with interviews. And they'd be like this. Oh, house music. You're making a house. Oh, that's so nice. This is going to be so nice. You're making a house. I'm like, no, house music. And they're like, oh, house music. You music. Oh, you play music in your house. And I'm like, OK, this is not going anywhere. I'm not, <laughs> that's how, when I say I'm walking into places and, and they're like, what is this? So then the crystals come in, the CCs, the records are starting to happen and their the records are happening. becomes real. The genre and, becomes real. And they, and they really, I have to say at that point, that helps because the majors all of a sudden jump into our game. 
and they jump into our game because, and this is the, the, the thing that doesn't, they've said, wow, this is going to be real easy and cheap to do. We can, this is going to be the easiest money, money we're going to make because all we got to do is pop them on the radio. Excuse me for taking some water, but, um, we're going to, all we got to do guys is just put these people on the radio and they get into our game and then they get into our game so thick that now all of a sudden they're like, let's take some of our pop artists and go get them remixed. And they start coming to us and they start paying really, as Andy would say, lovely money, lovely, lovely money. They're paying 15, 18, 20, 25, you know, and then you got people like David coming in and, and saying, no, nah, I love them. Before David, you got Hurley's coming in and getting that. Then David's coming in. David's telling, you know, Hurley's telling people, no, I want to write a record for Crystal Waters. I'm not, no, no, I'm not remixing just a record. I want to be a part of it. I want to write CeCe Peniston's Keep on Walking With Her. I want to write. And then then you got the Davids telling Mariah Carey's, no, come in and recut the vocals. Come and recut the vocals. And it's really happening. And we are, the, the, the sound, the house is just now finally, now mind you, before this, it over, in, over on the pond, on the other side, they are, uh, are just, it's pop music there. It's massive. Massive there. I mean, Farley was given an award by Janet Jackson for Love Can't Turn Around at the Brits for the best new artist. I think that's what he wanted for. So that's how big this sound is around the world. And it was massive over there. And somebody could correct us in the chat or whatever. Was that Farley or Daryl Pandy got it? No. Okay. So no. I thought Daryl got that. No, because it was Farley's record and Daryl sang on record. Well, I thought he Hello, Shawnee. Hi, Shawnee. Uh, Daryl Pandy. I told you all, you better step aside. Stop with these shout outs. <laughs> you're, making a mockery, you're making a mockery of a historic show right now by <laughs> making it sound like this is a radio Howard Stern calling. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're doing a great thing. So here we go. So we we take the, we take the, um, he got an award. Daryl Pandy got an award for Love Can't Turn Around, but he was he was getting it for sh the Farley record because it was Farley's record. So Farley, you could say both of them were on stage getting an award. So it's really massive over there at, at the Brits. They're getting, you know, newest artists. And it's finally, we're cracking America. America is finally opening up and playing records. And I'm talking about, I come back, if you if we go on that timeline, I go to a record called I'm In Love. Now, right before I drop I'm In Love, Hip hop is really at our heels, and they are banging to take to take down the doors, because it's nothing but house music from coast to coast. Finally, from the Mississippi all the way to LA, and LA's never been a house town, never, ever, ever. They've always been R and B, you know, all the, and I won't even, you know, I'm talking about new shoes, that type of R and B. We're talking a whole nother animal going on on the West Coast. Stuff that, you know, you know. West Coast uh, is different. Yeah, West Coast was different. Very way different. different. But all of a sudden, they go house. And I'm in the middle of that again. So from the Mississippi, all the way through this record called I'm in Love, goes on to pop radio. I'm in love with you. I fell in love with you. So now all of a sudden that's, and I have this house version because I remember Barbara coming up to me and going, Barbara goes to me, Georgie, they're playing a different 
version on the radio. I'm like, yeah, because we did something for them. She goes, but the one that I love the one in the house. I said, and that's great. I'll, when I come to the house club, we sing in that version. And I'm going and I'm coming there. I'm doing Louis party. What was the name of Louis party that did the, the underground network, the underground network. There you go. It was, it was actually Barbara's and Don Welch and Louis. I mean, let me make sure I get that correct. Cause I don't need, I don't need to <laughs> Barbara and Don. Yes. Barbara and Don show. It was their thing. And Louis was their DJ. So I'm going to go do the underground network. Actually, she just sent me the most coolest coffee table book she's putting together. And she has me in there from that, what I just finished the underground network. So I'm doing parties like that, but then I'm going to the West coast and the records on and big boy who is famous down on the hip hop side is sitting on power one Oh six, having to play dance music. And he's, queuing up my record and playing and saying, Hey man, I really don't like this stuff, but I like you. And he's coming to host shows and I'm doing the place where American Idol did three nights. They would do where they first shot American Idol. I'm selling that out three nights in a row. I'm doing tons of places. And so we're now we're breaking down barriers again at pop radio. When, when hip hop on the other side is like, get out. We want you gone house music and we're going to get rid of you. And slowly but surely, from the Mississippi all the way to the East Coast had become hip-hop. Mississippi to the West Coast was house. So a lot of people always ask, why Georgia was this? Because of the, the, the inner politics of house music being pushed in, pushed out, pushed in, pushed out. You as an artist, no matter how much you stood with the sound, you dealt the consequences of it. Many times people were telling me, just make a pop record. I'm like, no. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm ab absolutely not doing it. Yes, we will do mixes on it that will take it pop, but the core of it is the core of it. Love it, whatever you have to do. Love it or leave it, but that's where we're at. So that's where, where house music, and, it, and it, so you get the CCs coming in, all that's happening, but now hip hop comes in to, to push it out. Now, where are we left with? We're left with the rest of the world because the rest of the world was still like, no, I don't care what's happening with hip hop in America. We are going to stay true. And now EDM walks in and EDM is, so I'm jumping, hip hop is here. It does this thing. And then this little thing called, e and I'll even go before EDM. You got to stop there. You can't okay. go to EDM because there's, there's a music plan. There's a breakup. There's all yep. that stuff happens. A lot of okay. things happen before EDM comes. There's a lot of years you, you just went. <laughs> Jumping into the <laughs> okay. So if we want to go back to, if we're going to go back to vibe, so vibe goes in, we're three years into it. Things are incredible. And my partner and Connie want to create another company. Now, when I'm, what I'm not going to do on the show is we're not going to go into the thing of it. No, no, you don't have to go into that. We yeah. didn't listen. It happened. It happened. It happened. And they, they, they decided to go with it. Blessings. They went. Everybody else stayed with me from Terry, UBQ, Xavier, his brother stayed with me, Cindy, the whole, everybody, just the two of them decided to go create a new venture. God bless them. So we kept on going. So we're at 1996, 97, and we're going, but we're in the middle. A reason why I want to, and it's good that you said that, but we're in the middle of this hip hop coming in. House is being pushed out. You are sitting trying to, and you're sitting, and remember this, you have a whole staff now. And you're trying to make sure that they still get paid. Strictly Rhythms on the East Coast, 
you know, with the, with all the thing, all the different labels. You had Strictly, you had Nervous, you had them, you had us in Chicago, and there was others. I'm not going to take anything because too long to take about everybody, but there was others here. But we were sitting as a force that, I mean, like, for instance, when the Billboard uh, Summit came, it came out of my office. That happened out of my office. Larry Flick sat in my chair for days on end while I would go on tour and worked on putting the Billboard Summit in Chicago. So as we we continued on, we kept, we kept it, we kept it going, even when things were as dark as they could be and, as, as, and didn't see a light at the end of it. And then all of a sudden, there was a thing also happening overseas. Overseas, all of a sudden, you know, we we got this two step coming in, and 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 you know what they they called garage, right? Then they no, they called it. What do they call it? The garage. The garage. Yeah, they, they called it the garage. They all of a sudden they're coming with this this garage thing, and you're getting hit that way. So now you got you're 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 sitting here. West Coast has not gone hip hop yet, but they've gone harder on house. So that hard house is out there. That's another thing that people don't understand with this whole house music. It's been re-stamped a hundred different ways. And I will talk about the EDM thing because I think that's just nothing but because what everybody was doing was like, wait a minute, this is such a phenomenal thing. It's a phenomenon. We're going to put our names on it. Garage, I'm going to do a two-step thing. Everybody starts to take it and decides to call it, and that's how we get this this sound that that becomes so segmented. Mm-hmm. And and then they were like, "Well, it's just dance music. Well, let's just call it dance music because we need to seg." They were started to segment this so badly that it was like, "Wow!" But as a but as an artist, a producer, managing a managing people now at that point, remixing, like he said in the beginning, all those titles. You're trying to figure out how do you navigate this? How do you navigate this machine? How do you stay relevant in this day and age of, of this whole explosion happening their way? It's happening this. And you just had to, you had to go in and you dug your heels in and you found the pockets where it was happening and you stay true to it. You just stay true. We would go to Italy. I love my, my God love you, Italy. God love you. Like even right now, I'll give you an example. Italy has veered off of house. The, this new generation is not there. The biggest DJs that I know personally, the Stefano Paines, Andrea Sotoros, Frank, all these people, all the, they're not even playing in their backyard. Well, Stefano is and stuff like that in his hometown, but the big DJs have to go out and play because it's veered off. Now back to that thing. So you just, back to the storyline, I went in and just found pockets and said, I got to stay true to this. And kept the torch lit and kept the torch running. That goes back to my early thing about when people say, oh, but this happened and that happened. No, you cannot take away what every single person's, every single person's done it. Lenny's done his portion of it. Everybody, all of us are part of holding that torch and running it in different ways. And when other people were taking the torch and trying to take the light out and blow the light out completely, there was people just stayed in the thing and we stayed together. We would see each other at the at the conferences. I can't tell you how many times I saw Lenny, how many times I saw people and we would just buckle in and say, okay, what's going on over there? Exactly. Well, let's try this. Let's try to do this. Let's just to keep house music 
alive. Who's signing this record? What went down with that? Because we didn't have a thing called Google. There was no such thing. You know, we, this is pre-internet, everybody. We were still talking on the phone to make a call. No video call yet. We were still sending, hey, Georgie, I'll send you a fax for the record. A fax would come in and you wake up and you see, you know, you get to the office, you see all your faxes of all licenses and all that stuff. A different world, different business back then, but and I'm then you just keep crawling and, and we crawled and we crawled and we crawled and try to push through. And then all of a sudden, a spark happens up in 2000s, 1999. All of a sudden, it was coming around again. And what was coming around, what the kids call today Jack in House, we call Disco Filter. And we were making these tracks. We were taking old disco records and taking our favorite little parts and putting some drums underneath it and stretching it and playing it all the way through. You know, basically what we would do on the turntables with two, 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 12 inches, we were putting that together as a piece. And we were out now playing this stuff. So Georgie's out there again, trying to figure it out. Terry's on, on tour back in England. And I get a call and he says, yo, this disco thing is really going to come around now again. And I said, okay, there you go. There, Terry Hunter, Wayne Williams. Whoa, boy. Go. T, the, the parts of the. <laughs> Y'all see that porgy in there? I, I got my nice watch, my nice ring on, but the porgy is still there. <laughs> go ahead, porgy. Oh, my God. Give him his porridge, everyone. Give him his porridge. Oh, so, so, yeah, so Terry's calling you back, telling you about this disco. This disco thing, and he's like, "Listen, bro, there is—it's happening." Remember, and by that point, we were doing a thing called mixed vibes, and so we kind of took the black tracks thing that I had done over with the guys and took it over and started doing the same thing: six tracks, putting them on there because DJs had a multiple thing to buy twelve inch. It made them have a choice. We weren't one and done. We had three records on there on one side, three on the other, six minutes apiece. They found something, or four minutes a piece, depending on make sure the mastering levels were hot back then. So we put the records out. And he goes, remember that mixed vibes we did? And I said, yeah. He goes, go back. Remember loving is really my game? He goes, go back. There's a piece in there. So I go back and I'm listening, I'm listening, listening. And I find this little nugget. And it goes, uh, I go, dun, dun. Da, na, na, na. And I, I start writing. Now, I'm going to show you how mad George is at this moment. At that moment back then. I was livid. I hated the fact what had happened with the industry. I was mad at pop radio because pop radio was playing political games. They wanted crazy money to be on radio now. Majors are pushing us out that way. You're getting hit every which way possible. And you're trying to keep the doors open. And I, I say this on True House Stories today. So all you people out there who run around and, oh, I did house music, blah, blah, blah. No, people like us stayed and held on so you can do what you do today because they wanted us out. So I sit down. Take and, that trashy gay shit out of here already. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. We, we'll go. We'll, we'll talk about the Grammys, how they didn't want us there. Too. <laughs> yeah, the Grammys. Want, oh, the Grammys want none of this. They, none they of didn't that. want none of that stuff. And then we, a guy named Harry Towers and, and, and um, a few others. Uh, 
dot dot dot. What is his name? Oh, he's his record label. I can't think of his name right now, Papa. I'm sorry. Ramon, Ramon Wells. Ramon Wells. Harry Towers. Um, I'm sorry, you guys. I, the names are not popping up to my. But we'll cross. Right. We'll get there. We get there. We'll get there. the Grammy thing. But let's go into. So all of a sudden, I'm mad. I really am mad. I'm really not happy because it's been such a struggle at that point just to keep it going. And I pin or sit down and I take that little sample that four, whatever is. And I turn around and I write a little song called when you're up, everyone knows your name. When you're down, no one comes around. When you're feeling good about everything, don't let no one tear you down. Those words were what, what we were going through. They may say things about you. Take that gay shit out of here. Make you think you're losing your mind. Try to turn you out. Don't you think twice about it. Stay strong. You must fight it. You must carry on. And the life goes on and on and on. And all of a sudden, the lights went back on again. And I'll give you guys a funny thing. So you could put up, I don't know if you got some of those pictures from the Winter Music Conference. So we're sitting there. We have it. Go ahead. And I'm doing the Winter Music Conference, you guys. And this is a great story because I'm mad. I'm mad. I recorded the record and I'm playing it for people like Harry Towers is doing promotion for me, for the company. And he's like, Georgie, this is a hit. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm literally saying, there you go. There's Harry. There's Richie. There's my God. Pepper Mache, Andy. Wow, wow, wow. Art Rooney, not Andy. Art. Oh my God, the guys. So, there you go. Winter Music Conference. Now that is the wow. Don Tallman, George Morrell, Bobby Shaw, Pepper. Oh my God. James Germany. James Germany. Barbara. Eddie. Cohen. All of them. Look at it. Everybody's in Barbara Tucker. It is. That's Winter Music Conference, guys. That's, that's, that's. Okay. So go back. So, so the lights, you got, you, you get, you get a payment from the UK. So things are starting to come back. Go ahead. Okay, but at the Winter Music Conference, and this is the best part of it. So I go, we throw this massive party, beautiful balloons in the thing. But George is personally having his own FU party because I'm done. I was like so done with it. I was done of fighting, fighting to keep house music alive. So I go to perform the record <laughs> and I come off. And I swear to God, Lenny, every major label was lined up against right by off the stage. And they're like, I want this, George. I want this record. Yeah, George, I want to sign this, George. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just send me, send me deal memos. I'm really like, don't care. I come back, like he said, faxes, and it is crazy. They're offering money I've never seen in my life. I mean, we're talking. You know, remember we were getting paid ten thousand, twenty thousand. Now they're like a hundred grand. 150,000 for a single. And I'm like, yo, yo, this is really happening again. So song gets licensed and it gets licensed to Eddie Gordon Neo, who was a friend who I've known back in Polydor. And it was my friend Adil. Adil goes to me, George, eh? you need to sign it to, to Eddie. I'm like, dude, I got crazy offers on the table. A guy named Simon Dummer wants to sign it. Simon got, I think from that point on, Simon got mad at me. I was like, Simon, I love you. You know, I have nothing but love and respect for you. So, but 
Eddie was a friend. He was just a brother of mine that I knew. I knew him from Polydor when we did You Got Me Going Around. Remember, we get signed. I skipped a whole from Warner Bros. We get signed to MCA with Wolfie and with Deborah and Michi. Bring me joy. You got me going around. We signed three artists at one time to MCA for crazy money per artist. So, and then after that is when the I told you the hip hop thing comes in and brings it down, and we get to two thousand. And you know, I got to give Wolfie credit because Wolfie probably signed more hit singles in that era. Than any other A and R in the UK. I mean, before Dunmore did the '90s part, but during that early part, man, Wolfie you're right. Was, you're right. He did. No, Wolfie did a lot. A lot of damage. Crystal Waters, CC Pennis. No, he signed them all. He, he signed. Listen, everybody. he signed everybody. Wolfie, Wolfie, and 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 remember, and Anton Partridge doing promotion. Can I forget Anton Partridge doing promotion? And uh, he did promotion at Warner Brothers for me. And then when I got to Wolfie. And it, it just uh, the wolf, the wolf. So I get even that point. I was like, "This who does promotion?" He goes, "Anton's here." I'm like, "Okay, we're signing." <laughs> as soon as I knew Anton was working, I was like, "Well, we're gonna have a number one record because Anton worked, brother did his thing." So back to the thing. So we signed the record. I go, Eddie, let's do this. And next thing you know, now it, it God had another thing in store for me, like through the roof. We're talking, we're talking pop everywhere. It's selling crazy amount of copies. It is on every compilation. So the compilations are going platinum left and right. And mind you, it happened with I'm in Love too. I'm in Love was on the quality thing sold, I don't know, 5 million copies on that thing. So we're, we're again, we're having this, again, this next level of pop. And so George is also fighting this whole being popular but loving house music. And a lot of people will walk past that because they'll be like, oh, well, because he became pop. And I'm just like, no, 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 homie. I'm, the pop part is was keeping the, the, the lights on. It's, it's making people come back to this, to this, to this, what we love house music. Because if we don't bring them back, you're going to be playing to an empty ass room. Stop pretending that you need to play it. You need to just, it needs to be, don't be, and I always, always tell people, don't be so cool and underground that you're cool and underground and broke and you've destroyed the business. And that's what kind of happened also too. Everybody wanted to make it so, so dark and, ooh, it's got to be cool. No, cool means we don't have a popular amount of people coming to our things. So thank God that happened. And it just opened up doors, beyond doors. I mean, I'm... Things were happening like I'm on the BBC. I mean, I'm literally leaving the BBC and going to have breakfast. And the lady would, you on the telly this morning? And I'm like, yeah, but I want some eggs. You can hold the beans. I love y'all English breakfast, but you can hold the beans. <laughs> give me my toast. Give me my egg. Give me my bacon. And I'm great. So, you know, and then and not only happening there, but it's it's happening. And I'm going to Canada. I'm going to Canada and doing their show. And and name it. I mean, we're, we're, doors are opening up, going to places like Slovenia that had just been become Slovenia from they were part of, I think, Yugoslavia. Or I don't remember the history behind it, but they had just become. So you're opening and breaking down doors left and right and going through doors, which is allowing the music to go onto radio again, which really becomes and this whole disco filter thing becomes the, the and, and not, I know it's going to come after, but it becomes a catalyst for EDM. It really does. It, it allows them to take that and, and run into where we were at. So 
we're back out there. We're doing it. We're building this this whole South Sound again. And again, I don't please when I give examples of me and my 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 uh, experience and my life experience. That doesn't take away all the rest of the records because you just had my brother on here uh, last week. They they had Celso Nugget. Um, Oh, Ricky Morrison. Uh, Ricky Morrison. I love Ricky. We we did a record together too. Ricky had that Celso nugget that also knocked down doors. That was a phenomenal record, you know. So there's many people having these type of records right there. And then you got you know, and we, we, I'd have to bring up my hard drive to start naming all the records that are starting to pop and really becoming big in that whole vein, which is bringing our house music back into the forefront. We're back in walking into rooms. I'm walking into Spain and there's 5,000 people again. There's 10,000 people. I'm going to Brazil and selling out soccer stadiums. You know, it's starting to be that. And I'm the big soccer, a smaller soccer stadium. Let's not get carried away. But it was, it was still, you're going in. And I'll say this to you because again, George is walking in thinking I'm going to get a thousand people in front of me. And it's like 7,000, 8,000, 10,000. I'm just like, wow, this is really happening. And from there, and with me also, I, I didn't, if you want me to touch on this, I don't know if you want me to touch on this, but the one thing that people have gotten also, I was a DJ. I also sang on my records. So that started to cause confusion with people. And then all of a sudden, when the EDM thing hits, I start getting calls to DJ and sing again because House was having that moment again. We were having a moment again. Oh, what are we going to do? But George was seasoned by this point. He's like, no, we're just going to keep pushing through this stuff. We're going to push through. We're not going to, the light's not dimming anymore. So um, that took me to the place where I was able to go back and start put a show together, start DJing and performing. So I would DJ, middle of the thing, go out in front and sing. Come back to the tables. Go ahead. On a business standpoint. Go ahead. That era of the 90s to 2000s, up to 05, 06, when EDM with David Guetta comes with the first big album and everything changes. We know that. Do you handle keeping your staff and how long do you keep everybody intact to the point where you go, I can't physically do this anymore the way I've been doing it? It really becomes when, when, and I'm going to, I don't know the dates. I know the points. When we go to a place where a thing called Apple shows up. Apple Music shows up. And it was before that was Napster. Napster was the beginning of it. But when Apple shows up, that's when it starts to be really tough. And you had to think out. You want thinking out the box again. Now we're really thinking out the box and trying to figure out how do we sell our records? How do we get in front of people more? Because when the when the download comes in, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this, and all the majors can hate whatever they want to hate, they walk into a room and say, "Yeah, you're gonna make this thing for us, and it's gonna put all records in. We'll do it for ninety nine cents." So we were selling records at four ninety nine on vinyl, CD two four ninety nine, and now you take us back to the price of the forty five. We're at the price of the 45 now again. So thank you very much. You really have done everything to put us out of business again on poor business decisions. And I'll say this also, in our house, beautiful industry, in our music industry, we have many false prophets. People praise people who, oh, they know what they're doing. No, they do not. And you can go ahead and send me the hate mail, whatever. They do not. Because 99 cents 
And people said, well, we had to do that. No, the book company didn't. The book people turned around and said, $10. Yes, we'll give you some old books to put up for 99, but our new books will be $10. We, on the other hand, are handed down. And when, when the majors make a, pro, a, a decision, they're not thinking about us. They hand it down to us and we get stuck with it. So now all of a sudden you have a business model and the bottom has fallen out again. So if you were selling, do, do the mathematics, 5,000 5, CDs times $4, you were making $20,000. The People always kept on thinking, and this is the best story I was told. Well, don't worry about it, George. You'll sell more because more people on there. No, you need more marketing dollars to be able to reach more people, to be able to sell more people. So you still got the 5,000 people. All that's happening now is they're buying it for 99 cents. So you were making 20. So now you're making $5,000. Keep it going. Keep a staff going. Keep everything going. So that's your question on your staff thing. To everybody that wants to send the hate mail, 1-800-HATE-ME. Send it right there. <laughs> But he's talking the truth, and the truth is, the question that I was going to ask is, the, now that you didn't have the what we call the expense of manufacturing cost, because that was the big trade-off from everybody. Oh, you don't have manufacturing costs. And I love that question, too. That's a great I question. Had Georgie asked, I know that answer, but please share with everybody in the world. Here we go. So we don't have the thing, but we have to now buy all the new computers. Nobody's get, nobody got up and said, oh, Waves never called me and said, hey, Georgie, no problem. Even though Georgie was, I've been, and, and let me say this, let me say this very clearly. I've been truly blessed. I've been blessed, blessed, blessed. Yamaha sponsored me, gave me equipment. I got to create a, a piece of gear for them. I performed at the NAMM show. Uh, uh, digital performer. I, they might still have my picture up on a wall somewhere there. So I was lucky for that. But when it got into the game of like, okay, you got to build your own studio now. You got to build the whole studio. You got to buy all the gear. And then it got, and when it, when it got digital, to this day, Oh, $1,000 for this. And I know people say, oh, but you can get the knockoffs. Knockoffs work for about two weeks and then they're done. So you, the, the expense became so heavy on the thing, but nobody ever took out the most important part. Let's even say, forget the equipment. Marketing dollars. The promo people didn't come down on their price. They were still at 10 grand, three grand. Everybody was still at their numbers, but the labels are like, wait a minute. This is, you can't absorb all this. Where is it going to get absorbed from? We're not selling the records. And you just got creative. And, and I'll give you one of the things we did. We went out and we were like, look, we're going to get very creative here. We got to figure this out. We got to go to general public. So we started going after uh, all the, 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 the health clubs and everything. So all the people that talk from the jazzercise people. And we started pushing house music there. And people were like, are you crazy? And it, guess what? Got our records back on the charts. We were back on the iTunes pop charts now we're on the dance charts at the top and you're like what is he doing and again survival mode how do we survive this next thing and how do you get around it and i will say this just in in, in a point that since we're talking about this at some point we will have to stop talking past each other and have to come together and fix the streaming prices for ourselves and the only way we can fix it is we all have to sit in a room and say, we don't give them nothing anymore.
Nobody gets, they don't get not one more thing. It's going to take a Simon Dunmore. It's going to take a Lenny Fontana, a Georgie Porgy, and everybody else and get your ego out the way. Get your ego out the way because a lot of people live, live in this industry and walk around like, oh yeah, I'm a Superman. No, you're not. No, you're not. Beyonce's 19. Beyonce is a half a penny. Everybody's a half a penny right now. I just had to explain to an artist the other day, they were looking at their numbers and they looked at the streamings. And they're like, Georgia, are these, because Georgia does full accounting. Georgia gives you all the Excel sheets. No hiding. I'm, I disclose it all. You don't have to go get an accountant. You don't have to audit me. I'm going to give it to you on day one. I give you all this stuff. And the person goes, Georgia, I think did about 100,000 streams. I said, could you imagine if they made that into a quarter? How much money I'd have to pay you, but it's a half a penny. And the only way we fix it is we have to talk to each other and stop with this being thinking that you're bigger than the next. You're not. You're at a half a penny. You're at half a penny. And I was taught something earlier about our industry. A guy said to me, you're not toilet paper. And I said, what? He goes, you're not toilet paper. And I said, what does that mean? He goes. Toilet paper's in everybody's house. When COVID happened, what was sold out? Toilet paper. You didn't hear about music selling out. Toilet paper sold out. So we are, we need to bond together and fix it. We have to sit up and talk to each other and stop talking past each other. You think you're going to, oh, no, I got the remedy. No, you do not. The mathematics do not work. A half a penny times a hundred thousand, and even at a million, to think in your mind, oh, I, all I got to do when I've had somebody tell me, well, you just need more streams. I love that question. That's a great question because they say it in a very derogatory way. Yeah, you need more streams. And the question should come back was, well, how do we get that? Since you think it's so easy. To get more streams, but let, let's go ahead. Uh, let's we got we go hire them and we get forty million streams. So really, what you're saying to yourself is that instead of fighting the price point you've put yourself at, you have devalued your 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 essence of who you are as an artist of your music and everything do i do we have can we go get a, a 30 inch tv or a 45 inch plasma or an led and all the beautiful things for a half a penny you can't get toilet paper at a half a penny so instead of saying we need to do more to get 40 million streams how about we stop and say no 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 you got to pay us for our streams period or cut us on the back end like the majors are in. I'm sorry, the little hidden secret, the majors get a check every single week from Spotify and Apple. I mean, every every month. They get a third. The, a, big, the big three get it. Yep, the big three get a big, 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 big check, everything. That's why they don't, they, they don't care about music, they don't care about A&R and stuff like that. And so when you come back to house music, and how the bastard music here we the, go and, and the, the music that has been through it all and you're, you're speaking to somebody who has lived it one step at a time and 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 the new thing that the, the new thing they'd like to say beyond the streams you need more oh if you just had more instagram followers and i just tell them like that so so more instagram followers is going to make me better on the tables no stop that stop all that nonsense and people need to stop that 
Stop all this, 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 you can, you can buy bots all day long. There's people who write me every single morning and say, oh, do you want 500 million people to do this? They're not real. I want real people following me. I want real people. See how this chat is going bananas and they're here and they've been here this whole time. We've been talking now for an hour and 35 minutes and people are hanging out with us. That's real. Oh yeah, no, no, this is real. This is real. And it's educational, everyone, like PBS. Brings <laughs> you right into check channel. It's like your public broadcasting moment. We got to go right for it. Let them have a swig of and, water. And let me tell you something. And what's, what it's put us into, I'm going to tell you where it's put us into, it's put me and myself into, is we have to go out now and create. Like right but now. Here's next, but here's the next question. You know, we're going to talk about this because you got producers. But I want to say this. Show. I, 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 I did say one thing. We've had to go in this moment, and I want you to hold your thought on that, but we had to go and create. So now because the streaming thing has worked, now we go out and we have to create festivals. Like right now, we're doing a massive festival in Cyprus called Ask. Why are we doing it? Because it's time to be creators so we can be able to bring people in. Hang on. I've had to go on and grab people and say, let's go do this. People and say, we have to create festivals. We're going to create shows in Chicago. Right, before, right. You got on, before you got on, what do we talk about? Georgie, I want to come back to Chicago. And I said, you know, Lenny, yes, we're, we're in the process of creating something. And why we have to go now create all these things is because we refuse to go fix. You can't fix what's already broke. It's too far. Exactly. You got to change. You got to make a change. But here's the, here's the thing back to the marketing Questions. dollars. Georgie sits in an expensive studio, right? Tracking vocals, whatever this is, the project doesn't make a difference. How do we justify Georgie as a producer running a label, knowing what you're going to be streaming out there? How do you justify putting the upfront money to, to expenditure into a project, knowing that this is going to be more, maybe not even break even, maybe break even? How, where do you stand on that now? And, and that's my thing now. I've had to now take a step forward and say, I'm going to create events. That I'm going to go to my artist and say, hey, Don Tallman, Love Wins, Barbara Tucker, Imani, Jason Walker, come and do my shows. You got to come and do my shows and you got to be on my shows. Why? So I can be able to bring in the one factor that's left out there, which is doing very, very well. And it's very healthy. Uh, uh, they're doing it at, at many different labels are doing it. You got Tour Room doing it. You got Defected doing it is what they're going in and doing is they're creating events. Whatever the event is, whether it's a party, whether it's a theme party, we had created Houses of Feeling before COVID. I started with, with that, excuse me. And now, like I said, we're doing the, the Cyprus thing. Why are we doing the Cyprus thing? To be able to turn Imani and Jason and say, you're booked, come and do the shows. To look at the, to, to look at the things and to be able to get the Craigs and the Sean's and the Andy's and everybody up on a bill and put them out there to do some stuff. To, to be able to get different artists. And like we're, we're going to create another brand in the UK to try to do something, a big show out there. Why? Because what you just showed, that beautiful picture you just showed of me sitting in a studio thing, that won't break even. If I don't take it and turn it into something else. In other words, do a house as a feeling party. We just did a, I came to New York and I did Brooklyn. I did a thing with Joe, phenomenal, uh, called Home in Brooklyn. We're talking right now to do something there. So then I could be in the position to say, hey, Lenny, come and play. So-and-so, come and play. Blah, blah, Glenn, come and play. And put people on the bill 
that that I could sit, turn around and say, you know what, if we can pack this place and make get a thousand people to come in, five hundred people to come in, we can bring in revenues. So then 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 you can turn music into what it really is right now. It becomes a marketing tool. A tool that is being used now. Can you make money back on it? Yes. You try to. You have to go and try to get it in placements. But that's hard too in this day and age because play all the people who who put copy into movies and all that other stuff. The people who are licensing stuff like that. In the minute they'll go in, they'll say, "Oh, they want too much money. Cover it." So you're you. Yes, you will make some money on the writers and publishing on it, but immediately they're taking you off of that off of that master license. Right, run in there. So now you have to figure out, okay, how do I turn this into? So that's one of the ways that I'm looking at as a company. And we had started it before COVID, but COVID obviously brought us to a halt, brought the world to a halt. So now I'm re-energizing this wheel again, and I want to re-push houses of feeling out there. The ask thing, the ask brand we're doing, we're going to go out there and we're going to make these brands where we can go in and bring people in to come in and see our shows and see our artists. And then also give very, and I'm not going to give it all out, but we're going to sell stuff there, merch and music that's not available on the, on the thing. So in other words, you might come to the party and I might sell you through your pass some merch, some new music that's not available nowhere. And that's the one thing that we're trying to do with all the artists, also trying to get them off of the, wean them off of the, of the, um, the whole needing to be, I need to be on Spotify. I need to be. No, you don't. You're not making any money there. Yes, we we are there. I'll tell you with our music, we I lag it six weeks. They don't get our music for six weeks after. People are like, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. I make people have to come. Oh, our website does. As soon as we pop a new record up, our website, they come and buy it. I have a whole list of DJs that come religiously to musicplantrecords.com and buy our music before. Why? When they hear me play it in my show, which little small plug, please thank you for all for all of you for supporting my show. It's on many, many stations around the world. I'll DJ will come be like, Georgie, where I get that? It's on Music Plant Records already. And that gets it. And guess what? And they will pay for it. I haven't taken the prices down. It's $249 for the drop download. So there is, it can be done. We have to stop saying that it's not possible. If you and a bunch of us got together, yourself and a bunch of us got together, Lenny, and said, we're going to approach them and say, we're going to take it all down. They would come to the table faster than you can think. And if we got it from a half a penny to a dime, we could be back in business. If we got it to a quarter, bro, it's over with. It's over with. So let me tell everybody what I just read. Go. Which is going to change possibly the game. Please. So the big three came up with an AI. The AI that they have created amongst themselves is going to be able to go in and look at everyone's music and see what's been going on as far as samples or replays and all kinds of stuff that a lot of things weren't cleared. And you're going to start to see possibly a DMCA's coming out, which is takedowns on the digital side, which may give us a chance to have it back to the way we used to have it, where it was more the vinyl business. Because if it gets to the point that we're making these records and everybody's having takedowns, it ain't gonna be worth going on these, these um, on these, for example, Spotify or Track Source or anything. 
because the minute you, if the AI works the way I read it, it would even be able to tell if you modified something that was replayed from wow. the original. This is how smart this, this AI is. What also it's going to do is it's going to check the database to see if there's a clearance or not on the record too. So it'll be going right away within seconds, not even whatever, in like a flash, figuring out if there was a clearance done, if it wasn't clear, how many hundreds of thousands of records we're watching coming out where people take the whole record and put the name on it, which has also made it simpler for people who basically really maybe shouldn't be making music. I'm not going to play hating on. I'm just going to play what's the realities. The realities are a lot of people that are in this game today are doing the music to drive the brand, meaning they're going out to DJ. So they're not there for anything more than the posterity of, I want to go DJ. I don't care how I DJ. If I have to get someone to ghost it, or I got to cheat Rob and steal from Pulp to pay Mary, whatever. Right? So now we're going to have Big Brother. It's going to do more than face recognition. It's going to be able to go in and be able to see if, let's say, for example, let's use Daft Punk, if they took a sample and slowed it down, pitched it, or cut it up, and it will figure out which record this came from. And why? Because over the last 15 years, the big three have been buying everybody's catalogs with a reason. And I knew there was a reason for it. And now we're going to maybe find out another minute. This may help guys like me and Georgie that we have worked with musicians, we play stuff, we know how to do things. It's possible it can help us. Maybe not. We shall soon see if it's going to be a blessing or another draconian change. <laughs> and I mean, well, I you said, ain't lying with the word draconian. No, Let me I tell you something. Draconian because when Napsa came out and the World Trade Center's dropped, I watched uh, our business fold. A&R people, those are maybe a little younger than watching this show. That was a time in 2001 when that happened. It was an it, it, Instant, like a flash in the pan change where imagine you had a job, you were making 65,000 years as a promotions man or whatever you made, 65, 45,000, $80,000 A&R at major labels in dance departments. Now all of a sudden these world trade centers come down and now our music, everyone's music is available free on this thing called the internet, right? What changed? Boom. Why should I pay for stuff anymore? Why am I paying for it when I can go to to get it for free? Here's what happened. Jobs got slashed all over the place. People got fired. You remember, Georgie, how many people we knew were gone? Listen, I, that, that's how I was able to. I literally hired everybody. No, I'm not lying. As soon as that happened, I got on the phone and that's how I was able to. I called Bobby. Bobby was was sitting at home. I said, do you have another room? And he goes to me, what do you mean I have another room? You need another room. Make sure it's an office. Start working my records. George Hess. George was, George Hess was ready to quit. He was doing, he was making barbecue sauce, hot sauce. And I said, okay, leave the hot sauce on, on the thing. Come on, go work the records to pop and do it. Perry, Harry was always with me from the beginning, but literally it was one person after another. I was able to pick up the phone because the majors had sent everybody. Everybody was fired. Canned. Everybody was gone. 
companies, independent record labels shutting down. It was like, it was crazy. I remember having that conversation with George around that time. I was like, what are we going to do? He says, we just got to weather this out. I don't know what we're going to do. I remember, remember you and I were talking at that time. We were like, what the hell are we going to do with this now? And, and, and honestly, it's been like that the whole time. And the biggest thing that doesn't happen, I'm happy you're doing this, is they don't, there's no, outside of talking to yourself and a few other people, everybody else walks around this industry like, oh, yeah, everything's great. Shut up. It is great here. In their brain. But let me show everybody something. The pocketbook. Yeah. A little empty. You know, especially like, you know, Georgie said it. You know, you get a remix. twenty. Okay. Perfect example. So he says, well, how does that guy who worked at the major company affect little old me or George or David Morales or Frankie, or any one of us? They're no longer there to call you and say, hey, can you come mix Deborah Cox for me? Can you come mix uh, Whitney Houston? Why do we need you? They're not there. They don't have no more dance department. So we're all going, now what? And, and then it doesn't help either that everybody in this new generation has literally... Uh, I know y'all hating. You're talking truth, only truth. Go ahead, say truth to power. You all are out here grabbing acapella and can't wait to do it for free. We all did it for free too. Or even the DJing. Stop DJing for a bottle. Oh, give me a VIP section and a bottle. And I'm like, dude, you can't. You can't tell me that. You cannot sit up and tell me that. You don't have what you're doing to the to the eco the kind of the the ecosystem of our business is saying, don't worry about it. So all of a sudden, when they call me and they say, Georgia wants you to remix this record, I'm like, no, I want this much money. And they're like, oh, but so and so is going to do it for two hundred fifty dollars. Well, you go get that two hundred fifty dollars. Or even when they come to me, they say, oh, Georgie, we have a gig for you. We want you to do it, but can you do it for this much money? And it's no money. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. If the, you guys have, and what they're not understanding, and I keep saying this and I'm going to keep saying it, devaluing your business is not good for the business. But Georgie, how does someone pay his bills when he don't know what to do? What does he do? And, and, and the point or of the her, matter is or she. he or she needs to just move forward and say, I'm going to value. I'm going to go spiritually, which... If you do not hold value to who you are and what you are, don't expect the universe or whoever your higher being to repay you. It's not happening. It's not happening because what you're saying to the universe at that point is, I'm worth $2.50. And the universe says, okay, well, then here's your $2.50. I'm giving you said $2.50, George. Here's $2.50. But if you, and you might say, oh, come on, George. No. Hold value to what you are. And I will, I'll share even this with you guys. And this is really important. Energy is a currency. Your energy is the new currency in today's world. Think about that. I want you to really think about how I just said that. Energy is the new currency for the world we're living in. Be smart about it. Be very smart about how you you extend your energy out. So if you're out giving free remixes constantly, I'm not talking about person getting in the game. I did tons of them. So no disrespect at all there. Please, in the beginning, you got to, I used to, going backwards, you want me to go backwards? Peter Black, I would pick up 
God love him and God rest his soul. One of the most brilliant keyboardists, great producers behind a lot of house music back in the day, DJ International. I really wanted to learn how to cut vocals. I would go get him at Marina Towers, go upstairs, go with my car, pick him up, go upstairs to his apartment, grab his keyboard, bring it down, put it in my car, drive him to his session, set his stuff up, go get the coffee, three creams, two sugars, make sure he was cool, sat there, learned, wrote notes as much as I can, left the session, took him and his keyboard to breakfast, bought him breakfast, took him back to his house at four o'clock in the morning, took him back his keyboard up there and drove home. So I'm not telling you not to do your free stuff, but there is a point where you have to say, I need to put value to what I'm doing. And we are, as an industry, have devalued it from the half a penny we have devalued it from the DJing point of view. We have devalued it every single way. And, and the, the answer is, well, what are we supposed to do? Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile down the road, <laughs> meanwhile, down the road, you know, they're doing a, another festival again here that they're charging $350. And the DJs are going up there. And then guess what? If they don't get $40,000, they're not playing. Headliners getting a million dollars. I heard what what ultra cost this year. It was ridiculous what they paid the out. So what's his ultra? What's ultra's costings as as what's their expense sheet like? Forget it. In the I'm, millions, in the millions, in the millions. And how many people do they bring to the ultra concerts? Uh, ultra festival, three hundred plus thousand people. That doesn't include all the the money that they get through sponsorships, and that doesn't include what what the Miami Dade. Uh, 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 a tourism board gives them to show up. There was a point at Winter Music Conference. They used to get a nice little stipend just to turn the just to turn the key and just to announce and say, "Hey, we're having another Winter Music Conference. Come to it." So, Bing. yes, so <laughs> we, we need we need to go back to understanding that energy is a currency. So let me just tell everybody, and the award goes to. Georgie Poetry <laughs> for telling the truth on True House Stories. Everybody. Rocky Jones gave me that. I got to tell you that I love Bob my Rocky. Rocky Jones. Rocky Jones surprised me. I was doing the first year we did a Pritzker Pavilion. They did a house thing out in the thing. 40,000 people showed up. And, you know, I went and did my show and I was walking out the door and I did, Georgie, come back. And I came back and Rocky surprised me and gave me, gave me a whole big trophy. So I love you, Rock. Thank you. Squishy, I love you. Pat, I love you too. I send you light. I'm sorry, I had to say that. DJ Belvin right. on the thing. But I, wa I, I want to leave you here because I don't want to let, because we're going to bring you back again because you, you gave so many golden nuggets of great information. Where do you see this, you know, and without dogging EDM, because EDM is here to no. say it's up and down. People say it's done. It's not really done, whatever. Where do you see this going for everybody? And and I won't call let's not call it EDM because it's going to a whole nother place. What it is is that that festival music. Because that's another thing. Let's be real about that too. That only gets played at the festivals. You can't put I can't go put an EDM record out because the DJs at the festivals are only playing their own stuff. True. And they only play their own stuff that they made. So, so they're basically no eating and consuming. So, so they're, they're, the product they're putting out, they're eating and drinking. and exactly. putting out. They yeah. have their own little ecosystem, and that's not going anywhere. What we need to do is create our own ecosystems that feed our music to people that come to our events and crawl, walk, run through it. 
I give a lot of credit to a lot of different people out there doing it. Like, again, I'm going to give credit to him where he's done the, the glitter box party. That is feeding, that's creating an ecosystem that feeds your people and continues continuously keeps on feeding it. I want, for us, Lenny needs to do it. Georgie needs to do it. Everybody needs to do it. We all need to create our own ecosystems that consistently feed our own. And, and just like what they do, you don't see house people running to them. They got their festival goers that come from everywhere and they, they put on a show every year for them. 300,000 people, 200,000 people show up. We need to start. And, and it's okay if you started off and you only had 500 people come to your thing. So what? 500 will turn into 1,000, 1,000 will turn into 2,000, 2,000 will turn into much more. Listen, it, it really does happen. So my thing to you is, because I also want to leave people on this main note. Yes, we've talked about the, the struggle and the, 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 the beautiful things that happened, and it was unbelievable. We're on radio, and then we've gone down, and we've gone up and down. I'm here to tell you that I believe with all certainty, with every ounce of my being, house music has never been much stronger ever. It is blowing up and it's having new, it's being injected with such new people from the Hugos doing the tech house, the, the Latin Afro house stuff that's happening, the Afro tech house stuff that's happening. It's big. And, and, and they need to know that people like us, like yourself, and especially myself, we've always evolved. And that's one thing I want you to get from my whole story today. I've always evolved around the next sound of music. A lot of people will be like, oh, George, we want you, we wanted to play, we want to uh, book you, but you're not. Have you heard my last set? Did you listen to the show? Yes, I play the tech house stuff because I love it. I think it's wonderful because they're really, they're coming in. Now, yes, is there harder stuff out there? Of course, there's always been, there's always going to be different types of music, but our, our house music that we know it as is, I've never seen it stronger than I have seen it now with the disco stuff that's happening, that whole disco feel stuff, the stuff that you're doing, all that stuff is on fire right now. And here's the beautiful part of it. The younger generation is showing up to it now. My niece is going out to parties and she's going to- Yeah, I know. Parties. I'm noticing it. They're liking, they're liking the music now. Oh my God. My niece. When I just did New York, I did Brooklyn, the room had a whole, My niece's age was there and I was like, yo- they about really time, love right? it. And, and that's phenomenal for us. That's phenomenal for us because that means there's a want and need for it. We just have to do the most important thing. Stop devaluing it. Value you who you are. Value who it's okay to say no. It's going to be okay. If you if you're at that point, and I'll say this in closing, if you have to, don't sell your art. Go get a job and go work at a job. Hey, listen, everybody. Nancy Reagan said it. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You all remember that, people? Come on. Yes. Raise your hands. You remember when, when, when they said crack is whack? Just say no. But this is different now. Value yourself as a being, as a commodity, as an important part to what everything is around you. Do not devalue. And he's right. Know your place. If it's going to bring you to the next level and it's something like he said, he used to go see Peter Black and grab him. And I always remember how far I go that record. And just sitting in my head, how far I go, Peter Black, Jack Tracks, all those records. There you go. You know, everybody has a place I call it's like the house university. It's like there's moments where 
you're getting an education or something's going to make your a life-changing experience. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about, you know, going getting some beers and hanging out and like playing a couple of records. That's different. We're talking about there's moments in your life where you go, whoa, this is where the light turns on. This is going to be the moment things change for you, possibly. You have to acknowledge that, acknowledge that and move forward. Georgie, you do Lenny. have the one mix show in the world, Georgie, as far as, as everybody has told me. You do have the number one mix show around the world, as far as I know, because it goes everywhere. And I have to give Georgie a lot of credit. When COVID kicked in, he was coming every week with something and talking to all of us and screaming on that microphone. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. You know, I know something. God damn it. We made it. We, we made did. It we're here. We're on the other side, right? And now we're ready to party. Come on, Summer. We're going out. We're going to do this. Be everywhere. I'm going out there. Going to Cyprus, going to the UK, going to Italy, going to Mykonos. going to go to Greece. And I can't wait to be out there. All right. Well, you catch, you I know love you all. Musicplantrecords.com. Dot com. Musicplantrecords.com is for me, Lenny Fontana. And I'd like to give Georgie Porgy a big hug and a big thank you. Remember to get all the news and all the all the inside track. True House Stories is your first and last stop. We don't make it up. We just tell it. On that note, next week, Craig Bartlett from La America. Wow. We're going to Swansea. Area. I love Craig. La Craig America Bartlett, next week. Craig Bartlett's coming on. And all of you, good night, Tata. Avidas and Putinak. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Love you all.